says, I belong to Paul, and another 
if we don't know them, perhaps we need to hear them. The first is that we are good. And the second is that we messed up. The readings today are all addressing this very aspect of our human condition. And my very quick and messy uh, interpretation of them follows. The Collect says that we cannot be good without God. The first reading tells us that we can choose to be good. The psalm says, happy are they whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. And when I read that, I thought it should say, happy are they whose way is blameless, for they do not exist. <laughs> the letter to Paul to the Corinthians begins by Paul telling the Corinthians that they are moral and spiritual children, and he is trying to spoon feed them guidelines for being good for knowing that it is God who throws them. Lastly, the Gospel. The Gospel offers us a rather long section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, an exquisite sermon, full of beautiful guidance and poetry and wisdom. It covers three chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. We heard some of it last week, and we'll hear more of it next week. Today's section, however, often makes Oh man, I have to talk about divorce and controlling our thoughts about anger and lust and pulling our eyes out and cutting our hands off. Well, Jesus had to talk about these things because they were controversial parts of the Jewish law. A body of law that was being bent and misused and misunderstood. And there was this rumor traveling around about Jesus that Jesus had come to abolish the law, a rumor that Jesus apparently wanted to clear up because he was actually quite faithful to the law. And he wanted people to see the spirit of the law so that they would see the rightness of the law. Don't murder. Actually, don't be hateful or destructive in any way. Don't commit adultery with your body. Actually, don't commit adultery in your mind, either. Don't divorce without due process. Actually, don't do harm to another by forsaking your commitment to their well-being at all. And divorce in first century Palestine was the forsaking of the well-being of the woman in the marriage, as she had no means to support herself outside of the vow that her husband had made to her. And it says in that scripture that you make her into an adulteress, well, she had to find another way to be supported. And the husband, by the way, was the only one who could choose divorce anyway. So I don't think Jesus was trying to be legalistic here. I think he was trying to illuminate the loving nature of these ancient religious laws. Today's five readings, all of them attempt to guide us into the goodness that is our nature as part of creation, they are just five of millions of ways in which humanity has sought to guide itself back to its natural goodness as the challenges of life pull us into disarray over and over again. Jewish law, the gospel, the epistles, Buddhist teachings, the Tao Te Ching, courts and governments and laws, Rules on the kindergarten law, marriage vows, support groups, rehabilitation centers, the study of 
In my metaphor, the wetland grasses that obscured my friend's view of the heron represent today's scriptures and all the other ways in which humans create guides, guides to God, guides to our own goodness. Impatiently, I want to push them out of the way and get a clear line of view on holiness. But the heron seems to enjoy the grasses. They are her home and her natural habitat. They reflect her beauty. And what's more, the grasses keep me leaning forward in my imaginary kayak, striving to see the source of all goodness through them. When the waters are turbulent, the grasses offer a place of refuge. When suffering overwhelms us, there is peace in the foliage of the wetlands. And in moments when goodness and beauty abound, when the heron takes flight and soars into clear view, when I am spellbound, joy-filled, and at peace, when I for some moment in time behold the divine, I know that the waiting and striving had not been in vain. The tall grasses of wisdom offered by so many have indeed accompanied and guided me. I realize that I do need today's scripture. Just as deeply as I need the bread and wine at the altar, and just as viscerally as I need water and air. And then, when the Holy Spirit flows through the grasses of our communal attempt to offer structure, to be good, to be right, to live holy lives, and those grasses in the wind sing the low, sweet song of humanity. I am grateful to be part of and I see the grasses for what they are, not barriers between me and God, but bridges built by people throughout the ages, bridges between divine perfection and human frailty, meant to connect us back to where we began, back to the deepest truth of our creation, that we are, above all else, gods, and we are
we pray for your holy Catholic Church. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we give thanks to the Church of the Province of Central Africa, for Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, and for the worldwide Anglican community. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks for the ministries of St. Luke's Church, Iglesia de San Lucas, Chelsea, Church of the Redeemer, Chestnut Hill, Boston College Campus Ministry, Chestnut Hill, St. Stephen's Church, Cohasset, for secretaries and administrators in our congregations, and for the Bishop Search Process. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. I ask your prayers for Catherine, our presiding bishop, for Tom and Gail, our bishops, Tony and Becky, our priests, and for Rob, Maureen, Judy, Janet, and Spencer, our priest associates. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. I ask your prayers for Barack, our president, and Devala, our government. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Let us prayerfully listen to the Holy Spirit as we create the space to better minister to the needs of our community and the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. We pray especially for Olive, Bishop Tom, Greg, Linda, Everett, Cook, Matthew, the Carter family, and Graham, Sebastian. Elizabeth, Kathy, Sarah, Barbara, Aliana, Nan, Sun Simone, Philip, Joe, Reverend Stephen, Donna, Susan, Deborah, Frida, Bob, Judy, Bonnie, Doug, Danny, Thelma, Anna, Molly, Sophie, Jane, Harriet, Wayne, Eric, Donna, Helen, Edie, Edie, Liz, those who live out in the cold and snow this winter, those without jobs, those serving in the military and all who peace, are there others? Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Let us pray for our own needs. 
I have two announcements. Uh, one, part of my leaving lots of things out of the bulletin for the month of February, I left Ethel Farney's name out, just playing along with the anthem this morning. And the second announcement I need to make is about Coral Evensong on March 2nd. I know March seems a long way away, but it's only a couple weeks, it's two weeks from today. So Coral Evensong at 5 o'clock, the prelude will be played by Ethel's daughter, Evelyn, on the cello. Um, so it will be a very interesting program. She's playing Bach and then some 20th century pieces, or actually 21st century pieces. So do come here at the Prairie Recital and the Coral Evans on 5 o'clock, March 2nd. Also, if you want to go out somewhere in the snow today and venture all the